And we're talking about trusting God. How do we deepen our trust? There's four fundamental principles for Abram and Julie that we're going through. And this is the acronym STOP. We've already been through the S, which is seeking God. Now we're on trusting God. And where we're going with trusting God right now is how do we deepen our trust, our faith in Jesus? So this is where we're at. And this is sort of the big picture. How he does that, primarily, we've talked and we're going through some D's here. One was demands or commands. We looked at it in Abram's life when he said, go, leave your people. Leave and go. And Abraham left and go, went. But there's always going to be some sort of, when we're seeking God, he's going to have a demand placed on us, a command. As we read the scriptures, we see these demands and commands um, that the Lord has for us, and they're always for our good and his glory. But that's one of the ways he's going to test our faith, stretch our faith. We said it had to be tested for it to grow, our trust in him. And it's these demands that are placed on us by him or these commands and the response, what's the response to these demands always? Obedience. Right, obedience. Sometimes we don't want to, our flesh doesn't want to, but really the one word answer is obey. Okay, and now we're moving on to the dreaded, but are they really dreaded? Difficulties, difficulties, that's the right these difficulties that come in our life. Okay, so catching you up to speed. Again, we're on trusting God. How is our trust going to increase? He's going to stretch us. Remember, he's more interested in our personal relationship with him than our ease and comfort and pleasure. He loves us enough to throw these difficulties into our life so that we will grow. We'll become more like him, have a deeper, intimate walk with him. So I put out some homework on Facebook. Guys are making me into a Facebook person. I always ask Gene, how do I do this? How do I do this? <laughs> so I'm getting there. Patience with me. Um, but what we're going to go through, so you know, we've been through Abraham. Abraham was in Ur, 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 you are, and, and that's the name of where he was at. And then he went with his father. They were set out for Canaan, but they stopped in Haran or Haran, however you say it. And it was there, his dad died, and then he says, hey, you need to leave. Abraham leaves, doesn't really know where he's going, but sets out for Canaan, keeps the path. He gets there, and then there's a famine. And what does he do with the famine? Go to Egypt. He went to Egypt. We don't really know if God sent him there, but when he ran from a problem, and he ran maybe when he shouldn't have. We don't know that for certain. But what happened in Egypt? Threw his wife under the bus. He was afraid they're going to kill me. You know, total, wouldn't think a man walking with God would do that or on God's mission, but it can happen. We know that. And Pharaoh, you know, kicks him out and he brings with him some maidservants and manservants from Egypt, interestingly. What did he acquire, perhaps, there? Agar. Perhaps, right? And he said Egyptian man's, manservants, maidservants. So anyways, he ran from a problem. Then we see the next problem is Lot gets captured. He doesn't run from that problem. He goes, he ends up being blessed by Melchizedek. He doesn't take anything from the king of Sodom. He says, nope, 
you're not going to have any part of me. It's all God. So two different ways to respond. But now we're going to look a little bit personally. How are we going to respond to the difficulties, the disappointments that happen in life? Because they happen to all of us. None of us are immune to difficulties or disappointments. So the, the passage we're going to look at is Matthew. You guys can turn to Matthew 8. I know you guys are familiar with the story. Matthew 8. So, Jesus just, this is Matthew 8. We're going to go 23 through uh, 27. So not very many verses. But this is on the heels of Jesus is, is telling the disciples there's going to be a cost to following me. You know, he says... Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go. Jesus replies, foxes have holes, um, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And another disciple said, Lord, let me first go bury the dead. Jesus told them, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Okay, does anybody want to read that? Um, Matthew 8, 23 through 27. Now when he got into a boat, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose on the sea, so that he, the boat was covered with the waves. But he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are perishing. But he said to them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. So the men marveled, saying, Who can this be, that even the winds and the sea obey him? Thank you. Mark, okay, so what we're going to do, let me open us up in prayer here before we dive into the Word. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we're absolutely dependent on you to open our hearts and minds, to meet us, to teach us, to convict us, to grow us up in you. We give you full access, Holy Spirit. We submit and surrender to you. It's in your name and for your glory. We pray, amen. Okay, so here we see Jesus. I asked some questions in the, it's a little bit different because I gave you guys all the things. When I go through these passages, you know, these are the things that are coming to my mind when I'm studying, and I sort of laid that out for you ahead of time. So you guys may have looked at it and, and have developed some thoughts, but I'm going to throw these questions out there. Some of them seem s simple and easy, but... Tell me what you think. Um, so first of all, who were the disciples following? Who were the disciples following? Jesus? Right? So he, he just got done saying, hey, there's a cost of following me. Then he says, get in the boat. And his disciples followed Jesus. Okay, why is, why is that important? Where did it lead them? Into a storm. Right. So what's the implication for that in our life as we follow Jesus there will be storms 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 always be smooth sailing right it's not always smooth sailing cuz you can look into somebody's life and say oh my gosh they must have disobeyed the lord look at all the trouble the havoc they're in but they may not have they may be following Jesus and there will be storms we know that um so we can anticipate there will be storms in our life as we follow Jesus. Does anybody remember what 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13 says? Anybody have that? 1 Peter 4, 12 through 13. 
have you guys somebody want to read that dear friends do not be surprised at the painful trial you're suffering as though something strange were happening to you but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed okay don't be surprised when the trials hit us the difficulties the disappointments they're coming. We may, I think we all could list several in our own life at this point in time. But when we follow Jesus, be sure it'll happen. That's the first thing we need to know. Second thing looking at this, okay, so they, they've got in the boat, they followed Jesus. There was a storm without warning, right? I'm sure it's happened in our life. You get the news, somebody's ill, somebody's sick, somebody lets you down, somebody walks away, something happens at work. Many, many disappointments without warning. They blindside us. How did the disciples respond to this storm? What was their response? Panic. Panic. Fear. Panic. Fear. They freaked out. What's that? They freaked out. Sorry. They freaked out. They freaked out. (laughs) Exactly. They freaked out. is that wrong? Accusation. What's that? It was almost an accusation. Like, almost. Don't you care about us? Uh-huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good point. It was almost like, hey, what in the world? Aren't we with Jesus? And we're in the storm? Don't you care? There's almost that underlying tone. I agree, exactly. I have a problem with that. And yeah. that is, they've already seen the miracles that he can do. So why was there so much lack of faith that he wouldn't them afloat right I mean, he'd already shown so many miracles yeah exactly exactly yeah. and how many of you guys been in a storm and opens another boat i mean that's the question <laughs> right because i have and a storm was and it's yeah scary they every reason freaked out right <laughs> yeah. and i and i think their problem is that they're human right because yeah. how many storms have he's has he gotten me through and the next one comment, I freak out. I mean, it's like, it, human nature. Rational thought leaders. Yeah, right. And so, right. yeah, I think part of it is just because it's what we tend to do right. in and of ourselves. Right. When we operate, we when we operate in the flesh, that's what's going to happen. We're going to freak out. Right. Look at the Israelites over and over. God performed these miracles, and the next Moses leaves for a few days, and they're building a golden calf. I mean, it's yeah, crazy. Was, right. No, you're absolutely. It, it amazes me, but I fall into the same problem. So that's what we're going to work at. We're going to work through this so we don't fall into the same problem the disciples did. I think, too, you got to put yourself in the culture. And even, even I mean, I, I read a lot of books this summer, and even even 100 years ago, um, the the general culture didn't, I don't know how it was in Bible times, but they didn't slam it. They were, certainly weren't wearing life jackets. We're, we're used to going, <laughs> we had PDFs on the safety. They didn't have that stuff. Right. And if, if, uh, we were up at Glacier National Park uh, this last summer, and I was amazed at how many people died in Lake uh, McDonald up there because the storms come up, and if you were in a boat and a storm came up and you you tipped side, you were done. I mean, there was all these stories. People could watch them drowning from the shore, but there was something like, dude, you know, they're wearing wool. No, of course, this is 100 years ago. Right. They were wearing wool clothes, and you didn't swim. So yeah. everybody drowned. So I think the same is kind of true here is that they, there's no PDFs back then. Uh, see a Galilee gets some crazy winds mm-hmm. and uh, suddenly ever, without warning yep and if you've ever been an open gunnel canoe which you know and two foot waves and it's and this is not a canoe but 
the reality is is that when you have when you take on water you know there's nothing you can do every wave is a fight for your life so mm -hmm. I can understand the panic right so we can see their their panic and what Peggy's alluding to and was my question was their response wrong why did they respond that way you're answering the question because there's real fear these waves are crashing over yep. the boat and that's real life how am I going to get out of this? There's no way out of this. I cannot get out of this. Yep. I whatever. It's human nature just to react to the situation. Right, exactly. So they're reacting to the situation, much like we would react to the situation that hits us. We freak out, as Miranda said. All right, is it okay? Was that response wrong? I think sometimes the disciples get a bad reputation here because the thing is, they're facing this, they're, they, yeah, it's out of fear, but they knew exactly where to go for the help. They did, yep. And right. oftentimes in my life, I don't turn to the right place. I try to yeah, do it right. my own strength. Right. But at least they knew where to turn. Right. I mean, they went to the one who could say, <laughs> he's not saying, oh, you've got a lot to learn about who right. to come to. He's just saying, hey, you could come to me with, right. without the fear. Right. Yeah. Okay, very good. Very but, they, good. but they also ask him, do you not care? Right. There Why is a would they question about mm -hmm. his Care and all they had to do is say, would you help us out of this situation? Right. <laughs> you know, just... Right. Um, okay. So very good. How do you think then, and you're hitting on this, Abram, how does Jesus want us to respond when we're hit or blindsided? Hey, your job's no longer. Hey, I'm walking out on you. Your kids, you're just totally disappointed in somebody. They, they bailed out. They failed on you. You're just... You're distraught. It hits you. And there's a moment of panic. There's a moment of freaking out. Hopefully it's a moment. What would Jesus, how do you think Jesus wants, wanted them to respond? Go to your knees. Go to your knees. Abram talked his about sovereignty. What? He's recognized his, his sovereignty. He's allowed that situation in your life. Right. So recognize it for what it really is. Okay, good. And we're going to talk more about how we respond. Because Jesus is a little bit, he, he's, he's asking them the question, right? You have little faith, why are you so afraid? So maybe he's wanting them to look internally, but right. Um, we have to respond out of who Jesus is, not the situation, right? Our focus is on Christ, and he's in control of the storm. So he wants us to respond with faith, recognizing to go to him, absolutely, to go to Jesus. Um, but why did he? Why did he ask them? Why are you afraid? Wasn't that obvious? Wasn't, I mean, why are you afraid? Why is Jesus saying that? Why is he saying? Make him think. Think about what? That's right. He's, he's making them think about what? Who he is. Who they're with. Right. He is showing them their heart. Yeah. He's asking them the question, why are you so afraid? So he's showing them their heart. They're saying, Wait a minute, why am I afraid? And he'll do that to us through the scriptures, through others. He's, there's going to be questions to reveal to us, the word will reveal to us where we're at. All right? He was asking them the question to show them their heart. Next thing, so we're moving through this. Um, why? Why was Jesus sleeping? It was tired. 
Do you think he was just tired, or was there another purpose? I don't know. I'm throwing it out there. Why was, I mean, he... He was testing them. I don't think he was asleep at all. Because God really never is asleep, right? Jesus was. Okay, Jesus was. What was, what was, why? Why was he asleep? Like, you could take it literally, oh, rest in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Wait patiently for him. Mm-hmm. So he's setting the example. Mm-hmm. Like, from Psalm uh, 42, why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? And then later on, it's, uh, Deep called to deep. This is that song that was real popular. What's it called? Oceans. Oceans, yes. Deep calls from deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. And then later on it says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? And then finally, why are you cast down my soul? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him. And so... He's like, I told Jen this is like the epitome of it, but he's like, he's God. So he says, I could do this in my sleep. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, he can. He was sleeping, I agree. And maybe he was showing them how to respond, or maybe he was, again, revealing their hearts to them. Um, Have you ever felt like Jesus was sleeping when you needed him most? Mm -hmm. You're crying out. Where are you, God? Why won't you answer me? You get in the depths of a trial, and you're just wanting him to say something, but there's silence. When I've had times like that, I just think, it's in God's time, not my time. Mm-hmm. And it'll happen when it's right. supposed to. That's faith, that's trust. <coughs> and, and two, he, he's really good to walk us through in a really appropriate way, right? I mean, he knows that four chapters away, he's not even going to be in the boat with him for the next one. Right, right. And so here he is, not fully accessible, not fully in the moment with them, mm-hmm. but available. Next time, he's not even going to be available. Mm-hmm. Where's their faith? So to walk them forward appropriately through that, right? you know, a smaller test to prepare you for the bigger test to come. Exactly. He's growing them up, absolutely. When he's silent with us, he hasn't stopped loving us. And we have to be careful we don't fall into that. God, if you were a God and you loved me, you wouldn't let this happen. How could you let this happen? We start doubting and questioning his love. We can't go down that path. He is loving us. He's loving enough to put us through the storm, to stretch our faith. Um, absolutely, that it's critical Um, how we respond in those times of silence when it seems like he's sleeping. Or how about Mary and Martha when Lazarus died? So they sent word. Lazarus was still alive. Hey, Jesus, come heal my brother. What does Jesus do? He takes his time. If you hadn't been here, he wouldn't have died. Right. Exactly. But we know God answers the reason why he delayed. So there's always a reason for the delay, and that's going to be our next D, is the delays in life. But he is working, he is doing this intentionally to grow us up, absolutely. All right. If they really knew Jesus, would they have responded that way? 
maybe initially, right? Because we live in this flesh. I mean, I can't escape. I'm in this flesh. But as we collect our thoughts and refocus them, perhaps if we really know Jesus, remember we said the trials are going to reflect our view of God. When we enter a trial, a difficulty, a storm, a, a disappointment, it's going to reflect our view of God. So we can see how am I responding. Carmel. I looked at, um, I thought when I was looking at this of Apostle Paul, remember he went through the storm. Mm-hmm. And then um, I thought, you know, compare him to the disciples. And, and he told um, the boat people, so keep mm-hmm. your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Because mm-hmm. he gave them instructions, they ignored him, mm-hmm. and then he said, I told you what to do, right. but you didn't do it. And right. um, I, I just was encouraged by that. Mm-hmm. that that's, right. There's somebody who doesn't have the physical Jesus with him. Right. right. And Paul is a good example of when you follow Jesus, wow, shipwreck, left for dead, stone left for dead. I mean, we don't want to hear that as Christians, but that's reality. We're going to face hardship, disappointments. Not life isn't going to work out necessarily how we plan it, but it's how we respond to it in faith or not. Miranda, do you have a question? Um, just since it was the last day, I was just going to do a one-minute share. Yeah. Um, Robert and I were trying to break free of our unsafe family members that were poisoning our children mm-hmm. and, and you know, trying to separate us. Mm-hmm. And we were doing uh, big things for Jesus we were um, trying to raise money for tornado victims and testifying mm-hmm. to our neighbors and doing all kinds of things and I was nursing my baby and a SWAT team came into my house and just, I was just like whoa you know um, oh. and it went on from there mm-hmm. um, and I ended up being treated like a murderer for three months and all this fun stuff in Lynchburg but anyway oh. Um, bestseller, but my grammar stinks. <laughs> but anyway, God brought us through this tsunami, mm-hmm. and I think it had to be that degree because otherwise I would have just intermingled again mm-hmm. with, I mean, my mother was the one mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. Sort of did it. Right. Um, otherwise I would have intermingled with them, mm-hmm. and our children might not mm-hmm. have gotten baptized and be the believers mm-hmm. that they are today. Right, and there's so, oh, right. So yeah, but there's always a purpose in the storm. Yeah, so sorry. Right. I just did a little okay. one minute. Share. She told all about you while you were gone. I'm sorry. <laughs> Never step out of the room. But, but Robert dropped to his knees in prayer and mm-hmm. and I just like freaked out and was mm-hmm. trying to, you know, call and stuff. So there's different things. Right. But um but yeah, so you're you're sidetracked but there's a reason behind right. a lot of the stories. Right, and that's exactly right. We're getting to that, that there is a purpose behind every storm in our life. Um, a big purpose. Look at, um, well, the, we see what happened with the disciples. I'm sure this was a springboard to their faith. Who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him? Mm. I mean, you get a glimpse of God when you're in the storm. And there's nothing else, and that's all you have. And he comes in and he shows you who he is, like Mary and Martha and Lazarus. He would have healed the sick person, then doing that. But you raise somebody from the dead, and you see the power and the glory of God. So there is always a purpose in this, and it's always for our good. We know Romans 8, 28, 
right? I mean, we know that, but when we're in the trial, we've got to live it. Right. We've got to live that. All right, well, the next question is then, um, why was, uh, I was going to say, how did Jesus respond? Why did Jesus respond to the storm that way? How did he res- respond to the storm? What did Jesus do? He rebuked the wind and the waves. He rebuked the wind and the waves. Exactly. So who controls the storm? God does. God's in control, right? He allowed the storm into their life. He's in control of the storm. Absolutely. So much so that typically, you know, when a storm dies off, it kind of tapers off. He got up and said, all right, you're done. And it just went from... Right. <laughs> to absolute peace, right? Exactly. I mean, these guys were tripping out. That's right. Probably thought the, they were on drugs. The men were amazed and asked, <laughs> you know, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Um, they shouldn't have questioned very much. Right. And they were learning. And they're on their faith journey as we are on our faith journey. And we're going to question... When the trials hit us, again, it's going to reflect where we're at. And God's trying to move us to the next level. But um, they're human. And I think of Mary and Martha, again, they knew Jesus. And they knew. He's, they said, yeah, Jesus, he'll raise on the last day with you. When Jesus said he was going to raise him. You know, so they, they knew all these things. But when the grave was opened, or when he was about to, you know, Martha was like, no, 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 don't do it, you know, the stench, etc. But So it's real life. When we're hit, it, there may be moments of doubt. And we forget who Jesus is. And we forget that he's in control of the storm. And we forget there's a purpose, but we have to quickly, and that's why the fellowship of believers can help us yes. redirect us when we're fretting and fuming. How comforting it is to know you can go to someone yeah. and you know you're going to get the, God, the godly counsel you need for that moment of time and it may be repeated and repeated but God is working on us and the more we know who he is the quicker we'll fall in line and say I don't have to know like you said who is this guy I know he's in control of the storm and I'm going to trust him well it also says that they marveled so it could be that it was less of a question and more like wow did you see that did you see right what just happened what just happened i can't believe that i mean how often does that happen to us that you're in a storm and then all of a sudden there's nothing it doesn't right wow you're marveling yeah (laughs) right it's just amazing that that god will display himself like that and he will display himself in our problems in our disappointments the very same way sure a sure story so about six years ago um, all these I'm a lawyer and so it's having all these difficulties with these judges and, and it was it was it, it was it was really tumultuous and uh, times I felt like I was losing my mind literally you mm-hmm. know like I was like I was coming apart and uh, I watched I watched just for you know can't say exactly why but I watched that movie passion of the Christ mm-hmm. and it was it was like all of a sudden, like, you know, whatever was going to happen was going to happen, but I was going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't even like a theological awakening. It wasn't even like an intellectual process. It was like I'm watching Jesus suffer, mm-hmm. and I felt like I'm going to be okay. 
Mm -hmm. and and that kind of like you know the the mental turmoil and angst and, and that feeling of going crazy just dissipated mm -hmm. you know and yeah absolutely so, yeah, I know <laughs> yeah and so it was yeah it was it was really God's grace to me but mm -hmm. that just it was it was, it, was it, it operated at such a deeper level mm -hmm. than I could intellectualize or put words to mm -hmm. you know and it was I'd never been through something quite that painful Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. Yeah, I can relate to that too. Because I mean, the reality, the heart of Jesus' question is—it's it's a powerful question. You know, why, why are you so afraid? Oh, you have little faith. Mm -hmm. And that's—you take like the two opposing forces of fear versus faith. It's—it's it's summed up in that simple question. And that's the only dialogue Jesus has with the disciples in this in this mm -hmm. story. But you know, we we all have those issues. You know, you got the judge. It's just not. Judges aren't listening to you, but you know, in, in, in our world, but you know, when you're in sales and you're a commissioned salesperson, there's that fear of okay, what's going to happen with the economy? And next year's presidential election, we all know what's going to happen. There's going to be all these sound bites, and the economy slows, and what's going to happen to the housing market? What's going to happen to the stock market? All these fears, and, and, and of course, the media is a feeding frenzy of fear. So, I think it's really, really good to have that question. You know, why am I afraid? Mm -hmm. myself a little faith because reality is with faith it overcomes that fear and mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely be okay so. right and that's what I think Jesus is trying to teach them and show his disciples that I'm with you in the storm yeah. even though it seems like I'm sleeping and I may not be physically present the next time as Abram said but I'm with you in the storm mm -hmm. don't be afraid and we have to know and believe that he's in the storm with us all right. We talked about where the storms of life come from. We won't go back there, but he is in the storm. Ultimately, he's in control of it. And the question is, um, does it make a difference knowing who's in control? Yes. Right. I tell my kids that every night. God's in control. He loves you. You can trust him. Because I know there's going to be a time in their life when the disappointment is going to hit them and I want them to know God is in control. And He loves you. And He's in control. All right, so there is. We don't have to be afraid. Um, and I think Jesus is telling them that. He's trying to teach His disciples as they go on in life, and Jesus won't physically be present. Absolutely. You can trust me. I'm with you in it. What do you think the disciples learned from the storm? Learned to swim. <laughs> where's, my, where's my life jacket? Uh, but interesting, you know, I'll talk about that. That's the response of most Christians, unfortunately. Where's my life jacket? I need to swim. I need to get myself out of this. And we have to, we have to be very careful not to struggle and strain because God's trying to show us he's going to get us out of this. We have to trust him. Yeah, there may be steps we take, obviously, but our trust has to be in him because the human nature wants the life jacket, wants to bail out. And God's saying, I'm in control. I love you. And I've got a purpose for this. Don't bail out on me, please. Um, it's like when Paul was shipwrecked, he told them they, they couldn't abandon ship. Right. They had to stay on the boat right. or else they weren't going to make it. Right. Absolutely. So um, he's trying to teach them these things. I'm with you. I'm in control. 
don't worry, don't be afraid, have faith in your God. Um, and then we have to go back and look, are we learning from the storms in our life? We can't waste a storm. We can never waste a storm in our life because there's a teaching lesson behind all of it. There's a purpose, a good purpose behind all of these storms that, are, that the Lord is allowing in our life. Um, so I said, remember who's in the storm with you? Do you believe he's in the storm with you? That's trust, that's faith. We have to be careful we don't operate on feelings. Feelings. We've got to operate on faith. We walk by faith, not by sight, it says in Hebrews. So we basically what we're training our mind to do is think the way God thinks. Not the way people think, not the way the news thinks, not the way everybody else says, oh, they get you all stirred up. You're thinking the way God thinks because he's in control. Um, so I, you guys have already shared, um, but I said, is there any situations, thoughts, or circumstances in your life that you need to rebuke by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? Maybe you're in one of these situations now and you've listened to the counsel of the world and you're frustrated, you're ready to give up, you're gonna give up on God's designed plan because of these disappointments, these setbacks. You know, maybe we need to use the Holy Spirit within us and say, no, no way. I'm not going to think the way the world thinks. I'm going to trust you, Jesus, and you're going to work this out, and I'm going to wait and watch you work this out. You just change me. Make me the person you want me to be. All right, question. Rick. Like, I don't know the address in the Bible for it, but, uh, you know, Gina was saying last week, when we're thankful for the adversity, it this produces this, produces this. So it pr produces perseverance, and perseverance has its way to produce character, mm -hmm. and character, hope, a hope that doesn't disappoint. So that takes care of when you're in it, and then what you become from being in it, and then in the future, you have hope where you won't go back to fear. You'll go to right. hope, and mm -hmm. hope it will be in the right thing. Yeah. Absolutely, and that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing to all, to all of us. And, and listen, listen to this carefully, because Jesus brought the disciples to the place where they, they were at the end of themselves. They couldn't get out of this. They were going to drown. They didn't have the equipment. The light, they didn't have anything. He's going to bring us to the point where we don't have anything. Nothing. There's no power within us that can solve this situation. You're at the end of yourself. None of their experience. They were fishermen. They've been on the seas over and over and over, the, um, the Galilean Sea. Their knowledge, their experience, their talents wouldn't save them. They needed Jesus. That's where he's pushing all of us, to where we need him. When, you know, a lot of people say God will never give you more than you can handle, and that statement is completely false because he will often give us more than we can handle. So, so we, that he, he can handle. So that we can say, okay, God, we can't do it, it's you. And that's a beautiful place to be. Right. When you can just say, it has right. to be you, because I'm at the end. And he gets the glory. And he, he gets, gets the, the glory. glory. That's right. Amen. We're just never tempted above that which we are able. Right. That's but true. Yes. But, but I think that's where, where, where a lot of people get confused. Mm -hmm. yeah. So he's purposely putting us through these storms, or allowing these storms, 
to show us who he is, to grow us up, to bring us to the end of ourselves. So we're absolutely dependent on him. If this is going to get done, God, it has to be you. Otherwise, it ain't going to happen. And that's where he wants us. So remember these three principles. You might want to write them down. He's in control of every storm. He's with us in every storm. And he has a purpose for every storm. Usually the purpose will expose a weakness, a lack of faith, and it will be to reveal himself with the purpose of deepening our trust in him, deepening our intimacy with him. He will get all the glory, will get all the joy, peace, and contentment that comes from responding in the right way. All right, how do you make this a reality? I got five to seven minutes. Oh, it seems so loud, I know. Yeah, the halls are... They have free pancakes in the halls. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, we, how, I'm going to tell you, I don't know if I'm going to get through all this, but these are some critical steps. You must get these down. If you're going to respond correctly to a trial and a storm, we got a couple minutes, we must see them as coming from God. Why? Why must I see the storm coming from God? It's the truth. Absolutely. It's the truth. What does it do to me? If I know that a loving God is in control. Right. And it also helps you to look for, okay, why? Right. Why would he allow this to happen or why would he cause right. this to happen? There's a good purpose behind it. If I know he's a loving God's in control, there's a limit to it. He wants to break me down so I can have a breakthrough. Okay. He told Pilate, you have no power over me if it were not given to you right. from above. Exactly. And so he knew behind Pilate's misuse of power and abuse of power, there was a loving God right. who right. had entrusted that power to him. Right, so we must see it as coming from him. You've got to get that down. If you're going to be victorious over the disappointments in life, we, I know from my own experience, when I can see it as coming from God, it takes on a new perspective that this is coming from a loving father who knows what I need and I can look back at my life and say that's absolutely what I needed. Mm -hmm. I needed that in my life to get rid of something that wasn't good, to strengthen me, to get more dependent on God so that he gets all the glory from my life. Okay? So we must see it from coming from him. Number two um, is we must let the adversities drive us to him. The disciples went to Jesus, absolutely. We need to let our adversities drive us to him because then anything that drives us to Jesus is good. Would we all agree on that? It's driving me to Jesus, it's going to be good. Um, We can't run from every adversity except to Jesus. Okay, so remember that. Let Let the adversity drive. Then ask the question, Mark was saying, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to show me through this? He wants to show you his power. He wants to show you he's in control. He wants to show you your own heart. So that's number four. Every disappointment, every trial should motivate us to let the Holy Spirit examine us. If you're going through a difficulty, a disappointment, let the Holy Spirit examine your life. What happens as we let him examine us? He reveals to us who we really are, like he revealed to the disciples, and what we really believe about him. He wants, I said, he wants to change a behavior or belief that is hindering your relationship with him. 
He wants to change a behavior or belief that's hindering your relationship with him and with he wants that's hindering your growth. Ultimately, he wants us to trust him more. So our faith is proven and tried. And he wants to free us from anything that's kept us in bondage. There's so many things that can keep us Christians in bondage that he doesn't want. He doesn't want us in bondage to fear, unforgiveness, you know, whatever it may be. Um, he wants to free us from that. He wants to liberate us. So we have to allow him complete access to every area of our life. Inspection by the Holy Spirit. Next, keep your focus on him, not the difficulty. I think Abram was referring to the time when Jesus is going to come and walk on water. Peter took his eyes off Jesus and sunk. If you are fixed and focused on the problem, you're going to be anxious, distraught. Our focus is on Jesus. I tell my wife, my family, no, I'm not going to choose to think about it. I'm going to focus on Christ. He's in control of the storm. He's going to lead me through the storm. I don't care what everybody else is saying. I'm going to fix my focus on Jesus, okay? So be careful that you're not focusing on the problem. You focus on the problem, the problem swells. Oh my God, how are you going to get me through this? You focus on Jesus? Yeah, you're in control of every storm. I'm going to trust you. So careful where your focus is. Um, six. I'm going through these quickly. We, prayer is critical. Prayer is critical. That's our shelter. That's when you're going to feel the burden lifted from your shoulder is in prayer. All right, it's where we have shelter from the storm. Secured by his presence and given the hope and the strength to go on. It's where we fight the battle. Now this is where we have a responsibility. All this doesn't just happen. You have to be intentional when you're facing disappointments. You have to be intentionally doing this. And life will present so many opportunities for us to teach our children. When we do this in front of our children, they will learn this. It's a wonderful training ground, but we have to fight the battle in prayer, on our knees. It's our responsibility, and that's when the prayer comes to take, to take these strongholds down in our life. All right, last thing we're going to get into next time, wait. We have to resist, resist the temptation to push through this trial on your own strength and surrender to him completely. God, I, I lay it down. I can't do this. It's yours. If we don't... The trial will probably be pers- will go on longer than it needs to be. All right. I have a quick question about that. Mm-hmm. How do we know when it's just our strength or when it's our strength because we have the Holy Spirit? Because, I mean, we don't want to just sit. Maybe right. God's giving us the strength, but it's hard to know. It's hard to know, and I would say if you're in prayer and you've submitted and you've surrendered, the outcome, the process, God, this is you. I can't do it. Whatever you want to do in me, and you humbled yourself and surrendered, and you go forth, that's his strength in you to get the work done. So you'll know in your heart when you've let go, when you've said, God, this is yours, I can't, trusting that you will do to me what you need to do, I'm yours. Um, All right. So remember, self-examination is going to lead to a deeper relationship. You go beyond the surface day-by-day stuff. Um, I'm going to end with that because I have to end. Rick? Remember, if unforgiveness of yourself or others is on your heart and that's keeping you from going to God, that's where it has to begin. 
These people that are being baptized today have been forgiven, and we've been forgiven. Mm -hmm. And we have to know that if that's keeping us from, you know, where it starts. And that's one of the biggest lies of the devil, that, no, you you don't want to hear from me because I've been this way or whatever. Right. Oftentimes, one of our biggest problems or hindrances is our own self. Fear of failure, fear of what other people are going to say. You know, it's within our own self. When we realize who we are and what God's done for us, we're done. All right. And I'm getting the boss saying it's done because we're going to go home and cook all the bacon, all the sausage. Everybody's welcome. So come to the Anderson's house whenever you want. If you go to this extra uh, business meeting, great. Come after that. If you don't, come before it. We'll have everything ready to go. And I'll end in prayer. Father, we're so grateful that you love us enough to put us through storms that you are in control of, tailored, directed exactly what we need and when we need it. Lord, help us to stop fighting you, but to lay it down and run to you and watch you display your love for us, your sovereignty, your faithfulness, your goodness. God, we love you and we want to love you more. Fill us with your Holy Spirit to accomplish your works in every storm. For your glory, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Show up at the Andersons anytime. Can I mention one thing before I leave? And that is...